It's a brand new season for Formula One, but can anyone prevent Red Bull Racing and Max Verstappen from winning the championship again? Hello and welcome to another season of the F1 Strategy Report. My name is Michael Laminato and this is a preview of the season opening Bahrain Grand Prix. Sponsored by LeaveCal. Keep track of employee leave and make resource planning easy. Search for LeaveCal in the Zero App Store. Last year's Bahrain Grand Prix was a worthy first race for the new regulations. Charles Leclerc took pole ahead of Max Verstappen and the pair battled through the race on track and in the pit lane for supremacy. Verstappen was frustrated that Red Bull wasn't more aggressive with its strategy, but he couldn't get the job done on track either, with his Ferrari opponent equal to his repeated challenges through the first chicane. It was a fascinating duel, but it ultimately came to naught before the end of the race, with both Verstappen and teammate Sergio Perez stopping on track with fuel system problems that ultimately handed Leclerc a handy early title lead. Last year, I caught up with Ed Straw from the race to debrief the action in Bahrain. Let's have a look at how this race unfolded. The battle for pole was really close. Went to Ferrari when I guess pre-race expectations were that it was probably going to be Max Verstappen, although again, it was very close. And he led from pole and controlled that early part of the race. It seemed like Ferrari probably has a little bit of an engine engine power. That's what Red Bull Racing certainly said. Sergio Perez noted that they couldn't quite live with them on the straights. That seemed to give Ferrari a bit of an opportunity to put a little bit more downforce on ahead of qualifying too. And we saw that the tyre life was subsequently better. But I want to look at the, the flashpoint, particularly around that first pit stop window, because this was what seemed like Red Bull's only opportunity to try and get ahead, given the pace just was not quite there. Let's start, first of all, with the on-track battling before we look at what Verstappen's complaints were about the strategy itself. He tried, ultimately, three times to get past Leclerc, all in the same sort of way. I thought it was interesting the way Leclerc talked about his tactics, the idea of letting Verstappen through to get the DRS on the run down to turn four. But by that same token, interesting too that Verstappen kept trying the same technique, a bit of a blunt instrument approach, I guess. Is that sort of indicative of the fact that that was the only place Red Bull potentially had a way to get past Ferrari? And I guess by that same token, how good Ferrari was in this race? Yeah, it is an interesting case. Charles Leclerc was very proud of his tactics in battle, but Verstappen will have understood that as well. So I think you're right. There was probably a reason why Max felt he had had to keep going and in the end obviously he had that lock up at the third attempt which which pretty much stymied the challenge in in that stint so I don't, I don't see why he wouldn't have been able to attack in the, in the second DRS so mm-hmm. so maybe it just needed a little bit more patience and at least to have what I'd like to have seen him at least have one go at doing it that way and just to see how Leclerc will react whether they suddenly got stuck in a bit of a slow bicycle race to the activation <laughs> point for that so that's straight on the run to to turn four so yeah Leclerc seemed to have that fairly well covered and, and good good patience. That alternatively, it could just be that Verstappen's approach is generally, if there's a chance, go for it and then try and kind of race your way to to stay ahead. But yeah, it never really looked like he was he was going to be able to to make it stick. So yeah, it was interesting the way that one played out, and probably he was determined to make the most of the the run you could get on the on the main straight. But there, there's not very much you can do there because yeah you can compromise the car behind exit a little bit with the way you place the car through two and three but ultimately there's that run to four and there's a way around the outside there there's a way up the inside there and we didn't see many people able to hold people with DRS off there when they were in a, in a, in a proper battle so yeah you'd, you'd have to say very well played Charles Leclerc there. Yeah and the Ferrari did seem to have that great traction at this traction limited track I suppose although it's interesting 
balance of dynamics, I guess, with these new cars that seem more front-limited than usual because of the way they're locking up. But that is a broader conversation, I guess, for over the course of the season. Verstappen was frustrated. You touched on it there. We heard a lot in the, the radio messages, all very entertaining, of course. But felt almost fundamentally like he shouldn't have had to battle his way past Leclerc because had he, and this is his opinion, had a more aggressive, been allowed to have a more aggressive outlap from that first stop, he may well have just emerged ahead of Leclerc. We know the undercut's pretty powerful in Bahrain because of the way the, the tyres degrade. I thought what was interesting here was that Christian Horner sort of afterwards, and of course he's going to defend the decision at the end of the day, but said, well, you know, you, if you pay that now, the, the aggressive lap, you'll, you'll pay for that at the end of the stint. You'll run out of tyres, and tyres did seem to be a bit of a problem for Red Bull. But that to me sounds quite conservative for Red Bull thinking, doesn't it? I mean, normally they will just try things on. And I wonder whether or not that's because they are now essentially the hunted team. Yes, they didn't win the Constructors title, but obviously one of the, the leading front runners, Or whether that's sort of a first race conservatism not knowing the full extent of the car because i feel like in years past that would be clearly the way verstappen would go about it yeah there's probably a little bit of a lack of familiarity they were ultimately on the back foot from qualifying because i think it was possible for verstappen to get pole. i don't think it was a great disaster mm-hmm. or blunder on his part that he didn't but didn't have a great prep lap they didn't quite get the front wing flat level right so that would have changed things had they had the track position but yeah and if you look at those undercuts that they weren't super close going into it and I think the fact that Leclerc could keep a little bit of a cushion was quite helpful it was interesting actually because there was talk that the undercut wouldn't be quite so powerful because the tyre blanket temperatures Mm -hmm. are are lower this year I think it's 70 degrees all round that actually wasn't much of a problem because it's Bahrain although it was a cold (laughs) Bahrain by Bahrain standards it was still relatively warm it is right that if you go hard on the tyres early on you will pay a price later in the stint but at the same time you need to find track position some way don't you and actually if you look at the the way the outlaps work I don't think Verstappen's outlaps were particularly slow certainly not compared to Leclerc yeah there were a few swings either way depending on uh the the there was a mistake for Leclerc on uh on one of his inner outlaps um so there, there was the chance for for errors or slow stops to swing things around but yeah ultimately Leclerc just had a, enough of a, of a of a cushion to 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 do it and the, the undercut was powerful but not powerful enough to make up that whole that whole step and we didn't see vast amounts of people undercutting and uh, each other at least ones that actually then stuck should mm-hmm. we say we saw Gasly managed to undercut Magnussen but Magnussen got back past pretty quickly but I would have been interested to see what would have happened had Verstappen had track position because I think it was one of those ones where the performance of those two cars was similar enough that whoever had track position would have had control and then we'd have maybe reversed the situation with a clerk attacking through through turn one and who knows how that would have played out but yeah it wasn't the kind of attacking approach you normally expect from Red Bull yeah they, they launched the undercuts which was which was good and then they launched that third stop as well and Ferrari seemed to be intending to go to the end with a clerk so that could have made things quite interesting had Red Bull not hit problems and had not been the safety car but yeah I, I think they probably hoped in the race they'd be able to get track position a lot more easily, but it, it just wasn't to be. Now, just before we look ahead to this weekend's race, I want to tell you about a new project we've been working on in collaboration with our new partners, Evergreen Podcasts, called Pit Pass F1. Pit Pass F1 is a brand new podcast following the World Championship. Every morning from Friday to Monday of a Grand Prix weekend, you'll get a bite-sized episode in your feed, filling you in on all of the on- and off-track action you might have missed, and what to watch for in the day ahead. It's hosted by some of the paddock's esteemed journalists, and some of the names you'll recognise from the strategy report too. 
Julianne Serasoli and Chris Medland are hosting, plus you'll get previews from me ahead of every weekend. So subscribe to Pit Pass F1 now to keep up with all of the action this weekend from the paddock at the Bahrain Grand Prix. Search Pit Pass F1 wherever you get your favourite podcasts. Back to Bahrain, and now that we know what happened in last year's Grand Prix, what should we be expecting this season? Bahrain is always a fascinating race as the first round of the year. The form guide is reset almost back to zero, with only the hints of performance from pre-season testing to go on when it comes to trying to predict the outcome. Red Bull Racing was the form team of the three-day test held at this track last weekend, so much so that there's genuine concern in some quarters that this could be an even more dominant year for the team than 2022. 2022, mind you, when the team won 17 races, 15 of which were claimed by champion Verstappen. But there are some reasons to be hopeful. Ferrari never really embarked on a full qualifying run, choosing instead to set all its quickest laps in the unrepresentative afternoon heat. And the team seems relatively confident that the pace is there to be unlocked when it's all put together. Leclerc won here last year too. But whereas Bahrain last year was very much a Ferrari track, it may not be any longer. Ferrari's big strength in 2022 was corner performance, and in particular its acceleration out of the corners, for which Sakir pays big dividends. But in trying to boost straight-line speed in the new car, which was one of last year's weaknesses, the team appears to have sacrificed some of that strength. Where it lands on this compromise between cornering performance and straight-line speed will be one of the big talking points of this weekend, no matter where the car finishes. Mercedes, meanwhile, is optimistic that its 2022 problems are solved, but that might not be enough. It admits that it won't be on the pace at the start of the season, with much catching up still to do. And perhaps a little alarmingly for the previously dominant team, there's speculation that Aston Martin might have made a big step from 7th in last year's championship, so much so that it might even now be contending for 3rd. That would represent a really dispiriting step backwards for Mercedes if it were true. Alpine could be in that mix too. The French team's bringing a major update to the car this weekend after a deliberately low-profile but productive pre-season, and where exactly it stands in the ultimate pecking order is still to be decided. The midfield is tipped to be closer than ever, so getting ahead of the fray would pay big dividends for Aston and Alpine if indeed they've managed to break free. That does spell potentially bad news, however, for McLaren, which appears to have slipped back yet again after a difficult pre-season. But all that's just academic, of course, based on pre-season testing. It won't be until the end of this weekend that we'll have our first real look at the 2023 form guide. So are we going to see Max Verstappen back on top? Or can Ferrari spring a surprise? And can Mercedes take that big step forward it needs to get back in the fight? I'll be back to debrief all of the action from Bahrain next week. Until then, you can subscribe to The Strategy Report wherever you get your podcasts, and don't forget to follow us on Twitter for our regular pre-race strategy guides. The Strategy Report is a beer mogul podcast, part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. Special thanks to Ben Loke from Bloke Designs for the show artwork, and our theme music is by Simon Hosford. My name's Michael Laminato, and I'll catch you next week to wrap up the Bahrain Grand Prix. Ready to up your game and learn more about the thrilling world of sports betting? Introducing Double Down with Breslow, the ultimate podcast about the business of sports gambling. Join me, James Breslow, and a long list of expert guests as we dive into the art and science of the sports betting industry. Evolving regulations, technology enhancements, and the meteoric rise in the number of players makes this sector the fastest growing and most intriguing in the world. Unlock the business secrets from many of the industry's most recognizable C-suite executives, including famous 
famous odds makers and influencers. Every episode of Double Down with Breslow is packed with insider tips, deeply skilled analysis, and in-depth discussions. Don't miss out on the ultimate resource for mastering the business of sports betting. Listen to Double Down with Breslow on the Evergreen Podcast Network or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Double Down with Breslow, the business of sports betting podcast.